Welcome to Astrosplaining 101. I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer, and in this mini-sode, your teacher. I want to keep the theory in Astrosplained to a minimum. For me to do that, I've got to give you a crash course in Astro Basics so that when you listen to full episodes of Astrosplained, you'll know what I'm talking about. So in this Astrosplained special, I give you Astro Theory with Charles. Class is hereby in session. First, in Indian astrology, there are nine planets. They are the Sun, the Moon, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, Venus, Saturn, Rahu, and Ketu. Are the Sun and Moon technically planets? No. Neither are Rahu and Ketu, the invisible eclipse makers. The nine planets are known as grahas in Sanskrit. Graha means to grab. The idea is that the nine grahas grab hold of us at different points in our lives and affect us according to their nature. But I'm not going to spend Astro's Blaine talking about the nine grabbers, so we're just going to call them planets. And despite my undying love for Sailor Neptune, we do not work with Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto. Next, there are 12 signs and 12 houses. The signs you already know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, etc. Each planet rules one or two signs. The Sun rules Leo, Mercury rules Virgo, and Libra. Each planet and each house represent different parts of life. Jupiter represents children and creativity. The sixth house represents enemies, accidents, and litigation. Jupiter, Venus, and sometimes the Moon and Mercury are benefic planets. They like to do nice things for us when they can. The other planets are malefic. They bring challenges. There are good and bad houses, too. For our purposes, the third, sixth, eighth, and twelfth houses are bad. We assign to the first house of a horoscope whatever sign was rising over the eastern horizon when a person was born. The other signs are assigned to the other houses in order. So if your first house is in Libra, your second house will be in Scorpio, the third in Sagittarius, and so on. A planet can be strong or weak. If a planet sits in a sign that it owns, it's strong. Another strength is exaltation. A planet's sign of exaltation is the sign that makes the planet feel all warm and fuzzy. It's different for each planet. The opposite of exaltation is debilitation. When Mars is in Capricorn, he is exalted and therefore strong. In Cancer, he's debilitated and therefore weak. A planet is also strong when it's retrograde. That's when the planet appears to be moving backwards in the sky. A planet is weak when it is combust, when it's too close to the sun. Planets have friends, and they've got enemies. A planet is strong when it's in a sign owned by a friend. It's weak when it is in a sign owned by an enemy. Now, a planet doesn't just occupy a house. It also affects whatever house is seven places away from it. This is called a planetary aspect. Aspects can help or hurt. 
If Jupiter is exalted, he's strong, but he loses a little bit of his pizzazz if he is aspected by his enemy, Venus. Okay, next. The human life is divided into periods called dashas. Each dasha is ruled by a planet. During a planet's dasha, the planet itself, the house that planet is in, the houses affected by that planet, and the planets in those affected houses wake up and exert their maximum influence over you. The dasha sequence goes like this. Ketu, Venus, the Sun, the Moon, Mars, Rahu, Jupiter, Saturn, Mercury. The dasha you're born into depends on the location of your moon, but the order of the dashas doesn't change. So if you start out life in the Sun's dasha, your second dasha will be the moon, then Mars's, and so on. Each planet's dasha is a different length. The shortest is the Sun's, whose dasha is six years long. Venus's is the longest at 20 years. Since dashas last such a long time, we use smaller periods of time to help us time events more precisely. These smaller periods are called bukdis. Each bukti is also ruled by a planet. So when you hear me talk about Donald Trump's Jupiter-Saturn period, I am referring to the Saturn bukti of his Jupiter dasha. A presidential candidate of yesteryear once said that it takes a village to raise a child. The same is true in astrology. Planets often work together to create results. We call these results yogas. There are lots of yogas, and they've got the coolest names. You'll see what I mean in the full Astrosplained episodes. Yogas wake up during the dashas of the planets that form them. Lastly, we've got amshas. Amshas are complicated, and frankly, I've already thrown a lot at you today, so let's just say this. If your life is like a high school essay, bear with me, the birth chart is like the introductory paragraph. It gives you the big picture. Amshas are the body paragraphs. Each one develops a theme that the birth chart touches on. There's an amsha for the career, an amsha for the relationship, an amsha for children. You get the idea. And that's it. You've passed. This is a lot to take in, I know, but with this background, you'll understand the terminology I throw around as I look at different people's charts. With that out of the way, I am Charles. Thanks for listening to Astrosplained.